Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. What a great guest today. We have K.W. Peary. Of a, he's a musician and an author. We got connected from the fantastic uh, Marissa Schwartz, who's been a guest on the show twice. She runs a great publishing company called uh, Gen Z Publishing. You can sh- go to genzpublishing.org. She basically put... Uh, KW and I in, in touch. So he's got a new book out that you should definitely buy. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Go to genzpublishing.org called uh, Tales of Receding Hairline. Phenomenal writer. He's a poet. On top of all that, he is um, according, he's the best known as a founding member of the Marshall Perry Project. Uh, we talked a lot about music in this. I mean, I'm a music fanatic, obviously. love music. I love having musical guests on here. And, uh, you know, the, there's a thin line between poetry and songwriting. And uh, I mean, I'm I really love punk rock and like emo and that kind of stuff. Um, pop punk. Most recently, you could go back and listen to like Biff Swinson or Nathan Gray, Boy Says Fire. But it, it's kind of nice to have some people who are part of the music world that's not something I'm necessarily super into, but I still respect largely because I grew up because with my parents, uh, huge fans of folk music. I mean, we I've had a. Uh, my cousin Max Lopez is a guest, and he's into world music, so that was like interesting to peek into that world. Great folk musician that's been on here, too. You should go back and check out uh, Jacob Haller. I'll stop plugging who's been on. Anyhow, uh, really, just KW is an awesome guy. I'm going to put a song at the end called Life's Too Short. Uh, the best part about KW, he has a phenomenal accent. I think he's in Missouri, and I, I can just listen to him talk. Um, just really nice guy. Big thanks to Marissa for setting this up. Uh, make sure you check out Gen Z Publishing. Follow uh, KP on the old Twitters, at K-W-P-E-E-R-Y. Uh, he's got a website, purybrothers.com. Uh, we talk about some more stuff. And uh, Oh, also... Uh, his book, uh, Tales of Receiving Hairline, available now on Amazon, was like uh, number one on Amazon. Isn't that pretty cool? I'm number one American poetry bestseller on Amazon's hot new releases. Pretty freaking cool. Uh, man, just such a good time. Also, ever if you're checking us out for the first time, thank you. Uh, as always, we are on the Core Temp Arts Network. The sound quality is not perfect on this episode. It is good, but it's just not perfect. Uh, things will be getting better. Uh, this is the last MP3 Skype recorder interview I've ever will do, and uh, for now on, it, things will sound better. Uh, check us out on Facebook the, at Let's um, and Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast, and uh, the Core Temps website CoreTempsArt.com. And I think that's everything. Uh, just a big thanks for people who've been checking out the show ever since I've been on the Core Temp Arts Network. I've been having uh, some more people have been come to the show. Please dig around in the past episodes. That always makes me happy to see. And uh, we'll have some great stuff coming up. I th- well, let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Court and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtandparts.com. Cool, so where where are you right? You're in Missouri? Yeah, I'm just east of Kansas City. Okay, cool. In a town called Blue Springs, so I'm real close to the sports complex. 
Oh, nice. Where Kansas City, the world champion, Kansas City Royal play, and uh, our Chiefs. So, oh, yeah, sure. so Kansas City is both Missouri and Kansas? Uh, yeah, there's two sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never actually been out there. Yeah, we live on the good side, on the Missouri side. We don't really claim the Kansas side. Kind of like St. Louis has two sides. Yep. For some reason, you know, some cities are that way. Yep. Or like, so is uh, so what's your rival? Mem- Mem- Memphis is actually the same way. They've got an East and West Memphis too. Oh, you know that. Oh. <laughs> awesome. So, are you are you from Missouri originally? Yeah, born and raised here in Missouri, um, just north of here, about ninety miles. I grew up on a farm. Oh, that's awesome. So I live in New England. So when you say ninety miles, that's two to three states away from where I live. <laughs> Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So ninety miles. I'm in, I'm in Rhode Island, so the smallest state. So yeah, if I go ninety miles north, I'm in Maine. And yep. east is the ocean, and then west is New Jersey or Connecticut or New York. Uh, the wife and I actually flew into Bangor, Maine. Oh, uh, nice. Earlier this year, and then drove into Canada. So oh, we we love uh, Bangor, Maine, uh, and uh, took a little uh, side. Sashay uh, to Stephen King's house while we were there. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> now, when um, I must ask you, since you got to go to Maine, I assume you like Stephen King's who does house. Did you when you went to the, his town? You're like, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time I went to Maine and like knew like the, new, the little I knew of Stephen King, I was like, okay, I can see why you have such a fucking weird imagination. If this is where you grew up, <laughs> there's just nothing. Yeah, it, it it reminds me of a lot of small rural towns close to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's just not a whole lot there. No, and like in Maine, so, like when I've been to the Midwest, it's very flat. But like a small town in New England or like in Maine, it's just you can't see. You just it's I don't I it's just I mean it's just trees, it's shrubs, it's woods, it's it's just right. ready for death and murder. Didn't he watch his brother die when he was young or something fucked up? Yeah, it could, it, yeah, it could could be true. Yeah, uh, uh, and and then you know he had a horrible accident and was oh was maybe that's what I'm thinking hit of hit and injured. Um, he was hit by a car, and I'm not sure. You know, he owns three homes. I'm not sure where he was walking uh, whenever he was hit and injured, uh, but. Uh, it seems like he's been a little bit more um, kind of down to earth since that that happened. You know, oh, that's I mean, disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, you know, subjectively, I, I think his his work was much better before the the accident. But yeah. Um, so um, we got connected from the wonderful Marissa Schwartz. Um, if yes. you're listening, hello, Marissa. Um, she had told me that you're a little fun fact that you're actually an incredible musician, as well. <laughs> well, she wanted me to I, put you on the spot. I, I, well, I'm a I'm a lyricist, and I I I I picked the guitar some. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, so you songwriter as well as author. Yeah, songwriter. Um, we have done four, you know, critically acclaimed studio albums in the Americana music genre. Holy shit. Under- yeah, under the Marshall Perry project, and then I collaborate with a number of of uh, 
Kansas City-based singer-songwriters as well as songwriters in an exclusive club that we started in Texas. Uh, it's an elite uh, group of of us uh, called the Bourbon Brotherhood, um, and it's a group of songwriters from Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. So we we all collab we all collaborate, and thanks to technology, um, we can co-write uh, a lot, just like this. <laughs> oh, I know, right? You could like <laughs> the studio things just change. It's just like record me your guitar and drums and send it over. Right now, the the Marshall Perry project uh, material. I'm fortunate. The guy I collaborate with primarily, Kenny Marshall, is uh, you know. He's been in Guitar Player Magazine. He's a fantastic guitar player. Damn. And he, he plays everything with strings, man. I mean, he plays banjo, mandolin. So he's kind of, he's got his own home studio out at Lake Latawana. So we record on the analog. And then oh, we, that's so cool. Yeah, he's we're, we're kind of old school. So then we take it into Soundworks Recording Studio with Andy Oxman, who's also... Uh, kind of, uh, he's actually who introduced me to Kenny, um, and he 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 has a huge uh, studio here in Blue Springs, and he's got the big analog uh, machine that previously recorded Hotel California. So we we run we run tracks through that sometimes. It's a little more expensive, or was a little more expensive. Until uh, companies have started to to produce analog again, you know, tape was hard to come by. Therefore, yeah. you kind of seeing the the pushback under the digital revolution has been coming full forth, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, vinyl came back in full swing. Yeah, I'm actually considering um, after this next collection, Purgatory, doing a a collection on uh, a spoken word. And releasing a thousand copies on vinyl. So, how long have you been part of the music world? So, you're a full-on creative, the music author. Two thousand and two thousand and five. I met Andy Oxman from Soundworks Re- Recording Studio here in Blue Springs. It was a chance meeting. I actually went with my wife uh, to see one of her yoga partners, who is a singer-songwriter, perform downtown Kansas City. And we met and started talking, and I told him I was I kind of I, that I wrote. He said, I'd like to see some of your stuff. And he read it and said, you know, we really need to introduce you to some of the local songwriters. This stuff is fantastic. So it's like, well, that that's a wonderful compliment. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And so I met with Kenny, and the rest is kind of history. Uh, the four albums come out. Uh, well, we, first album come out in 05, so we met in 05, first album, Rainy Day Tennessee, come out in 05. Then we did one, uh, Purge Your Soul in 07. And in 09, we did High Binder. And in 13, we did, uh, Life's Too Short. And Life's Too Short come on the heels of, uh, Kenny's, uh, losing both parents to cancer and, I had lost a, a close uh, aunt uh, to pancreatic cancer, so it had a, it was a very meaningful album, and I think it's reflected in the work. 
Where could people, if they wanted to find these albums, where could we find them? Uh, pretty much everywhere. iTunes, Amazon. Oh, you guys uh, are on it. Yeah, uh, we're on YouTube. Um, you know, you can you can find us pretty much everywhere. Just Google Marshall Perry Project. Um, I'm also heavily involved with song co co-writing with us a really talented songwriter. His name is Bryant Carter, and so the Bryant Carter Band. And then Bryant Carter has a new album coming out called Lo-Fi Sunrise, um, and it's an all-acoustic album. Nice. Um, and so we we co-write, and I've I've kind of uh, he's like my little brother. So uh, that's so cool. It's, yeah, it's it, it's really um, Soundworks Recording Studio has served as kind of the hub for a, a lot of. Uh, uh, really great create creative projects. Yeah, so I hate when I don't even want to say old funny duddies. I've heard people. I'm 31, but I've heard people my age, younger and a little bit older, kind of go off on these rants about how music isn't good anymore and blah 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 and all this. <laughs> but then when you talk to someone who has the, just a toe in the music industry or plays music, I'm like there's more music now than there's ever been. It's just it's very splintered. Which yeah, I kind of like it that way. But it's just so exciting to hear that there's just it. it people are still doing it everywhere you go. It's not just New York and L.A. It's little towns, small cities. It's everywhere. Well, and in just a couple of weeks, we host the International Folk Alliance. So folk singers from all over the world will converge here in Kansas City. Um, it uh, moved from Memphis two years ago. This will be our third third year uh, to, to host uh, all these folk uh, Americana songwriters. So uh, that that week will be a marathon. <laughs> so I didn't know folk was so huge in, uh, in Missouri. Is that like a thing? Uh, well, you know, folk, folk encompasses uh, other genres, uh, you know, outside of what you would think of traditional folk. Yeah. Uh, Americana bluegrass. Yeah. You know, new grass, you know, it, it's kind of a fusion of many genres that are kind of neglected by terrestrial radio. Yep. My, um, my, my dad <laughs> actually has a folk radio show in Connecticut. So he, okay. I grew up with the folk in the, in the folk world with him. We went to lots of, uh, festivals and such. So who was your favorite? Oh, he's going to listen to this. <laughs> Whatever you want to hear, dad. I don't, you know, I didn't get, it's funny because I don't think I fell into the folk music world, but I definitely turned me on to listen to alternative music, so it definitely kind of steered me more towards punk rock and ska and like emo, but um, our common ground we find is like, I don't know if you listen to like Frank Turner, who's like kind of a, and then um, actually recently my dad turned me on to Justin Towns Earl, who is Steve Earl's son. Yeah, Justin Towns is one of my favorites, and uh, obviously Steve is one of my favorites. Yeah, and I, I only knew Steve Earl because I was, like, talking about The Wire. My dad's like, you know he's a singer. I was like, oh. And then, I don't yeah. know if you ever get the chance on anyone listening, go on YouTube or whatever. The AV Club does their undercover series, and like maybe five seasons back, uh, Justin Town Earl does a cover of Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City, and, like, it brings, like, tears to my eye. He just, it's yeah. That's how I heard about him, and my dad, like, gave me the record, and I was like, this guy's good. Yeah, he's, he's really good. absolutely amazing. But I guess to answer your question, I remember 
I guess Pete Seeger was the one we saw the most of. Yeah, Pete. But like an Arlo Guthrie, I remember very well as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that, certainly. Um, and, you know, uh, everything kind of connects. I mean, like one of, one of my favorite, uh, cowboy poet singers is Cowboy Jack Clement, and he's connected to Bob Dylan. Um, and, uh, Steve Earle's connected to Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, there, there's just, uh, you think the world's really, really big, and you find out in the music realm. Oh, it's so incestuous. Every, everything connects. Like you were talking about punk. You know, I come to punk late. I actually come to punk. You know, I have a, a group, an appreciation for punk. You know, much later on, because I grew up in on a farm in Missouri. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, hanging out with with cats like I do here in the studio, you get turned on to all kinds of stuff. So uh, it, it, yeah, it's just fun meeting music lovers because I I think that's where I'm my old my whole goal in life now is always just to be a music lover. So I don't care <laughs> if I'm listening to like Frank Turner or Miley Cyrus, like. It makes me feel something, and I'm happy. I like I and I I just I do love pop music so much, but yeah. like and I like my weird stuff and some weird metal and but like if I can get together with my parents and we can talk music, which I give my parents credit for being in their 60s and still got their ear to the ground there. Sometimes it's my dad telling me he's like, "Hey, I got the new Frank Turner record." It's like, yeah. it's weird. Thanks. That's <laughs> <laughs> sweet. I I like it. I like. Yeah. I, I think I definitely learned that from my parents of like, there's more than the radio, and never like they were trying to force it down my throat because my mom loves pop, but like, learning that you know as a kid I would just go to these folk festivals and like where do these people hide in the world, and right. I, you don't see Pete Seeger on the radio or Arlo Guthrie or Joan Baez like, but they have this cult following and they have careers. They don't have day jobs. They're musicians that can tour the country and never ever have to be on the radio, never have to be on MTV. I mean, they probably were at one point, but I was a kid. Yeah, hand to mouth, man. I mean, festivals and... Yeah, it's huge. And thanks to university, you know, based and college-based radio stations and then and public radio stations. Yeah. That really catered to, you know, the stuff not being played on terrestrial radio. And I think um, it's... I still... Though. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, still, still, still fact for sure. Yeah, there was a time if you almost like go back and look at like, if you look at the '90s and what became the top charts, if you look at like the late '80s, that was all just the top ten Rolling Stone of college radio songs. So like, maybe I'm not Nirvana, that'd be too big, but like the Sonic Youth, REM was like one of those like huge in the college circuit, and then just fucking took over the whole world. Yeah, I was, I was watching End of the Century and, uh, you know, Joey Ramone perplexed. Why did they never sell albums? Where were they not played on the radio as much as they should have been? They made more in t-shirt sales than yeah. they made in album sales, which, which is just mind blowing. And especially when you look back at their live performances, uh, thankfully, on you know they they have those on YouTube. You can go back and revisit those. What a front man! I mean, oh, he, I know he was killer, man. 
Oh, yeah. And, and that's funny because that almost becomes the, the business model for everyone not top 40. And then when the Internet comes and the, the record industry doesn't handle it appropriately, every every band out there is like, all right, we're not making money from CDs, T-shirts, and live shows. <laughs> so, like, a lot of times, like, uh, there's a whole skill set that goes into it that you don't realize. I, I didn't realize of, like, oh, yeah, it costs money to tour. And yeah. Then there's rent and mortgages and kids and life. <laughs> yeah, when 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 fuel costs were so high, okay. uh, there was a band, um, one of my favorite bands, uh, country bands, Jason Bull and the Stragglers. When you'd buy their merch, they had a sack that says "Thanks for buying our diesel," because because it was yeah. so darn expensive. Yeah, it just affects to stay, everything. Just to stay on the road. It's something else. Do a lot. Do you guys get a lot of good acts coming through uh, Missouri and Kansas area? We do. Our our premier um, music venue, uh, at least my favorite live music venue here in Kansas City, is Knucklehead Saloon. Um, he has a, an indoor stage. He has a, a back gospel lounge, which is like a, a house concert. Wow. Area. And then across the street, he's got Knucklehead's Garage, which. Houses, I mean, you can have a big ass party over there. Yeah, like I've seen Ray Wiley Hubbard over there, and I've seen, you know, uh, a lot of uh, I've seen Gurf Morlicks. I've seen a number of really cool shows over there in that larger environment. I actually prefer the Gospel Lounge in the back, where mm. it's more intimate. Yeah, your, your access to the artist is is. Uh, you know, ex- extraordinary. Yeah, that's what I loved going to folk festivals when I was younger because I remember like it was Pete Seeger was probably headlining or one of the bigger acts of the festival, and he would be standing in front of line or behind. He was in front of my in line getting a piece of cake from the solar parlor oven, and yeah. I just turned around and just started talking to my dad. I was like, "How you doing?" I was like, "Uh." Yeah. And then like going to Newport Folk Festival before it got as large as it is now, which. It, which I think is great, but there's some quarrels with that. And right. it was just when I was younger, when I went there with my dad when I was a kid, and like, just artists, just the artists like would come out from the crowd, like, oh, they were watching the band before you, and like you just walk around and just talk to everyone. But right, right. I, I hope I think it's that stuff still exists. Obviously, Newport Folk Festival has changed drastically, but I kind of think, well, folk kind of became mainstream like indie rock and folk kind of married together in a way which is great and music evolves so i i'm all for it oh absolutely i i think like i said everything connects and there's such an appreciation uh among folks who are actually uh able to do it for a living they oh yeah get and understand and so they're willing to help one another however they can and it's it's similar, um, you know. I'm noticing uh, in book promotion, uh, there there's a feeling that you know we're all here to kind of serve one another. It's kind of a one love mentality, mm. and I dig that, man. I really dig that. Yeah, that that's fair. So the independent music scene, independent publishing, even podcasting, it just it's, you meet your people, and it's so nice, and it's not I, – I haven't found any competitiveness. It's just like you just want to support everyone. Right, right. And that's right. why I met Marissa is from doing the show, and she's as nice as could be. And then it's just like, all right, well, stay yeah. in touch, and maybe we can help each other out someday. And then 
So um, we should talk. I'd love to hear about your book, though. So you have is this your first book? Yeah, it's, well, it's 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 my first uh, published collection of of poetry, tales of the receding hairline. <laughs> That's, I like and, that. And and, and uh, you know, it's just kind of a uh, a collection of of stuff that I that I uh, wrote, kind of on the heels of of four studio sessions. So there's a lot of shrapnel in there. Oh. <laughs> uh, some of it, uh, obviously, you know, um, as a writer, you're pretty vulnerable. So it can be, um, you know, it, it's personal, um, but I, I felt that I needed to get it out there. Um, so uh, I'm real proud of it uh, and couldn't be happier, uh, you know, to be with Gen Z. And Marissa has been an extraordinary help. Uh and, and and you know being so efficient. Yep. <laughs> you I mean, never. She's, she's on it. <laughs> you ever meet someone and you're just like you're going to be successful? <laughs> yeah, there's it, yeah it is uh, there's there's she's not going to be denied. She she has that special swagger and I and I really love that about her. Yeah, and and, and not in that like you're going to succeed in the Wolf Wolf of Wall Street kind of way the. Right. I'm very, well, very passionate about what I do, and I want to help everyone around me. I've got to talk to her a couple times on here. Just, oh man, she just, just seems to be like a genuine fan of what she does, and I think that's my favorite with anyone who can just, even like just talking to you, could just tell like you just doing it because you love it, and then hopefully, maybe one day we all make money. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that that would be that would be cool. Um, but I, I mean, I just, I for me right now. I just want to leave a scar so that folks know I was here, man. Yeah. I, that, that, that's my, that's my whole goal. And, you know, I, uh, I just turned, uh, 43 last June. So I'll be 44. And I, there's a sense of urgency for me to mm -hmm. continue to work, uh, you know, work at it. And, and it's really not work. It, it's really a labor of love. Uh, Tales was a, a labor of love and purgatory is coming along, uh, really well. And I, we've started in the studio with that spoken word project that I, I was talking about, uh, because Kenny's actually going to play, uh, and accompany the spoken word. So it's not going to be really rap, but it's going to be mm -hmm. a spoken word project. That's I don't know awesome. how I don't know how it'll be defined. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. I like that. Yeah, it, it'll be different. What's your cat's name, by the way? Oh, I have I, oh. I I have Clyde and Corliss here. They're behaving themselves right now. Uh, yeah, sorry if you keep looking me to the right. She always, uh, I always joke in my intro. I call it the cat cave because she uh, every time I try to do one, she fucks it up. <laughs> well, now she's gotten better, but when I when we when I first started doing the show, she would like knock over wires and unplug things and now now I kind of contain her to just sit next to me and I pet her even though my wife is in the other room who would much rather love seeing her more than me right now but I don't know about you but the cats rule this kingdom yep <laughs> they, yeah I mean so I I'm they're, just if they're on your bed you're sitting on the couch them yeah yep but I keep trying to get her to come on camera but it's like it's not working no get out of here yeah no I'm a crazy cat person <laughs> uh, so, was uh, 
poetry always like your first love or it's just well, always been writing? I mean, a huge fan of Bukowski, mm-hmm. um, huge fan of Mary Carr's work. I, I like, uh, unvarnished, um, you know, folks, uh, cars from Texas. Bukowski obviously, you know, was, was Bukowski. There's only yeah. one, there'll only ever be one. Uh, the other major influence for me is Gordon Parks. And Gordon Parks grew, grew up on a farm, not, not too far from Kansas City on the Kansas side. Uh, and, you know, left home after his mother died at an early age and went on to be the, the Gordon Parks. And his body of work is, uh, you know, it's, it's so inspirational. Uh, and so I feel kind of a, a special connection with him, and so he's definitely a major influence, uh, as as well as a number of of country music song songwriters, not singers who sang other people's songs, but the ones that crafted uh, true poetry. I mean, uh, Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, and oh yeah, that's, I know that name. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, uh, but, but, you know, even, uh, you know, some of the old, uh, Delta Blues guys, just a lot of influence there. Um, and the older I get, the more interested I get in, you know, delving deeper. And it is amazing when you, you know, when you really, really love something, how everything does, does have a way of connecting. Merle Haggard, am I right? He died on a tractor accident? Merle Haggard's still alive. Never mind. Who am I thinking of? My dad is going to be so mad. <laughs> no, Merle Haggard's still touring. He's, actually, he, he's been ill lately, but he's yeah. just 